Are you between a rock and a hard place? Are you not sure if you're a sinner or a saint? Do you think you've lost your salvation? Let me take you to the New King James Version. In the book of Matthew, chapter 18, verses 12 through 14, and Jesus says, What do you think if a man has a hundred sheep and one of them goes astray? Does he not leave the ninety-nine and go to the mountains to seek the one that is strained? And if he should find it, assuredly, I say to you, he rejoices more over that sheep than over the 99 that did not go astray. Welcome to Save the Lost at All Costs. Posted by Save the Lost at All Costs, Inc. Featuring your sister in Christ and humble servant of the Lord, Nina S. Griffin. Good afternoon. You're listening to Sister Nina S. Griffin, and we're on Save the Lost at All Costs. We're going to open up the phone lines right away. If you're local, you have a praise report, a question, a prayer request, or just a general comment, we'd love to hear from you. The local number you would dial would be 702-650-5588. Again, the local number you would dial would be 702-650-5588. If you're calling outside the Las Vegas area, we do have a toll-free number for you, and that number would be 800-366-8883. Again, that would be 800-366-8883. We are being streamed live from KKVV's website. And Brother Rico, Pastor Terry, and I are saying hello and God bless. We just wave to you. And that web address would be www.kkvv.com. We're also being streamed live from Save the Lost at All Costs' website. Our web address is www.savethelostlv.org. If you have missed any of our previous broadcasts, especially the real power pack one last week where we talked about recovery and celebrating uh, September for the month of recovery, you would have heard Pastor Terry and myself. So we really encourage you to listen to that one last week. Uh, again, our web address is www.savethelostlv.org. All our rebroadcasts are free. The gospel is always free on our watch to listen. So we encourage you to listen with a friend. If you have an Apple device, uh, we are being archived on iTunes. Again, it's free, no charge. There is a new call-in cell phone number where you can listen to KKVV on. I gave the number out last week. I've updated everything on my website, so I do have the number posted there. If you go to KKVV's website, they have the number listed there, and they even have some pieces of paper in studio where if you were to come down here and visit that you can walk away with the new number. So we are prepared to assist you. Now that new cell phone number is 605-313-0630. I really strongly encourage you to make it part of your phone contact. I know I had Pastor Terry do it. Brother Rico, I know you're going to do it. Yes, ma'am. I have done it. My mom did it today, Pastor. 605-313-0630. You can ask, actually listen to Save the Lost at All Costs right now. So, in the center chair, you're going to see, uh, Senior Pastor Joseph E. Terry Jr. Uh, some say Pastor T, some say Pastor Joe. He's always Pastor Terry to me. And how are you, man of God? I'm great. I'm great. Uh, this morning was struggling, praying and asked God to give me strength. And I'm raring to go. 
Amen. And God sent a chariot for you too, right? Amen. Amen. All right. So praise God. You know, you have not because you asked not, and Amen. you asked and you got it. Amen. And across from me, I can't believe I've seen them two days in a row. I'm really blessed. You know, God has blessed me. You know, I, He's a sight for sore eyes. He's a a sight for a, a glad heart, a humble heart. I love you, Brother Rico, and it's so wonderful to see you again. Again. Amen. Amen. So how are you, man of God? On July 27th, I celebrated nine years of sobriety. Amen. So Amen. Today I have nine years, a month, and 11 days working on day number 12. Amen. Praise and God. you have a special relationship because uh, this is your pastor too. And like he's, he's my, my pastor, pastor right? He's my pastor Amen. and he's also Amen. my sponsor and he's also my best friend. Now, Amen. now, what does that mean when you say sponsor? Oh, you would be the sponsee in case some people listening don't quite understand what that means. Could you help us out with that terminology? A sponsor is someone who helps guide you in your recovery. He can't tell you what to do and save you and all that kind of stuff, but he's there to make suggestions and guide you. Amen. So. All righty. So. I still got to do the work. You know what I mean? Oh, I received that. So, Pastor, did he uh, describe your relationship correctly? Yes. It was, I believe, pretty uh, close to what a sponsor is and what they do. In other words, he's not the higher power. He's not God. He's there to guide me Amen. in my recovery. Amen. And, and that's one of the things that we're going to address today mm-hmm. that often, here's what I believe is the missing element in recovery today. We now, have I want you to finish your point, but no, I got to get a Greek word out today. And you right. already know what the Greek word is. Right, right. We have an, a problem today, and this issue is that we have individuals who put their trust and their faith in people. And they come up with bright ideas, pithy sayings, and program jargon that they hear in the rooms of recovery and what they do is ignore the main element that makes recovery possible and of course for the people who are big book thumpers and that's people with the AA books uh, Bill W. gives a specific reason for the whole book being written and we're going to read that so that people know what we're talking about. And that is what the missing element is in recovery today. And so I want to touch on that and point that out. And I know you have the Greek word that you want to share with the people today. Right. One near and dear to my heart. Okay. So the Greek word today is soteria. Soteria? Soteria. It is spelled S-O-T-E-R-I-A. And the short definition would be deliverance, salvation, and Pastor Terry, there's a whole doctrine behind Absolutely. this word. Would Absolutely. you like to share that? And well, before I let him do that, it comes out of Greek. Uh, for Strong's reference, the concordance is Greek forty nine ninety one. That would be the number forty nine ninety one. Okay, Pastor. And just for the listeners, when you say Greek and give the number, which he's telling you, it's the Greek dictionary. Of the Strong's Exhaustive Concordance. If you don't have one, go and get one. Run and get one. Because it will increase your knowledge. And of course we know Hosea 4 and 6 says that my people are destroyed for the lack of knowledge. And a lot of people are dealing with pretend knowledge. 
they mm-hmm. want to sound like they know something, and so they get up and they speak in these meetings, and they sound intellectual, but they really aren't speaking recovery. And so today we want to speak some real recovery. Right. So we're talking about uh, biblical approaches to uh, addiction treatment and recovery. That's our topic for the day. Biblical approaches to drug treatment, or shall I say addiction treatment, and recovery, addiction, addiction, because addiction, addiction doesn't just deal with drugs. That's right. Amen. So, Pastor, mm-hmm. uh, getting back to what we just talked about, the Greek word, there's a whole doctrine on that. Absolutely. If you can just share that briefly and then we can get into it, that would be great. Well, because we gave the Greek word for... Um, salvation. Salvation. Deliverance. Uh, it, of course, uh, there was... The, the term salvation was used in the Old Testament, but we know in the Old Testament that the Holy Spirit or the Holy Ghost only made visitations. Correct. In the New Testament, once Jesus rose from the dead and people prayed and received him as their Savior, then we know the Holy Spirit or the Holy Ghost took up residency in that individual. Amen. So when we refer to salvation in the New Testament, we're really talking about one who has been saved from hell. Amen. Who has eternal life versus that of the Old Testament, which really talked about people being delivered from. And you just complete that sentence with whatever you want. David was uh, you know, delivered from his enemies. We know in many Psalms that he penned that he was delivered from uh, situations that would have cost him his life or that would have been uh, something that would have uh, impaired his health. In any case, salvation in the Old Testament dealt with being delivered from someone or something versus the New Testament. And so probably it would have been a good thing if we had have gotten a Hebrew word, but we're not really dealing with that right now. What we're dealing with is more of a New Testament approach to recovery because we know that once the, the New Testament really deals with Jesus, his ministry, his death, his burial, his resurrection, then we're dealing with salvation and then we're, uh, the whole, uh, Christian ethics come into view. We know uh, Paul in his letters, uh, Pauline theology, deals with really theology, but it also deals with uh, ethics, Christian ethics. And so I believe that that is something very important and instrumental when it comes to recovery. Now, the reason I say that is because you have many addiction centers or rehabs, places that are offering help to individuals who have various addictions. We know that probably the biggest addictions that are being served or people are being treated for are those in association to drugs or some substance. But I I want people to understand that addiction is not isolated to just drugs and alcohol. I want to read what I have on the back of my book. That is the book I wrote entitled Getting the Monkey Off Your Back. 
I wrote on the back cover what the book was written for, and I just want to read that so people understand what we're talking about when we are addressing addiction as a whole. So here's how it reads. This book was written for the sole purpose of setting people free from addictive behavior. If a person struggles with an addiction to alcohol, drugs, overeating, pornography, or sex, gambling, or any other type of addiction, this book gives clear direction for recovery. It clearly explains and challenges the various approaches to recovery. Moreover, it gives the reader step-by-step guidance in experiencing a recreation of their lifestyle, establishing power, manageability, and stability. There are many self-help books produced and published for the purpose of helping people overcome addiction. But not until now has anyone published a book that challenges the disciplines of the behavioral sciences, the 12-step process, psychology, psychiatry, and the biblical-based approach. The questions are being answered as to whether these approaches really work, and then the process for recovery is given in a simple format. If you don't need this book, buy it for someone who does. And I just want people to know that you can go to um, Amazon, Barnes & Noble, eBooks, and you can purchase this. If you want to look it up, you can Google J. Emil, E-M-I-L, Terry, T-E-R-R-Y. If you just Google that, the book will come up. And I want you to get this book if you are struggling and you need help with addiction. This is a must-have for your library. Well, Amen. You, know, you talked about a relationship in reference to sponsor and sponsee. Now, a person of faith who's following the Lord Jesus Christ and has dedicated their life to serving him and a believer, there's a couple of verses that I just want to highlight that we have accountability, spiritual accountability, eternal accountability. And sometimes when a person is not aligned to something, then there's no accountability. It's kind of like you just say, oops, that Uh didn't work out. But I want those who say they're walking with the Lord, serving the Lord, identify themselves as believers, to be mindful of this when you take on this type of assignment. Mm -hmm. I'm in the book of Luke, and you said we're going to go there. And you did say about the first couple of verses, and it just stood out to me. I'm in the New King James Version, and we're going to go further down in Luke, but just these couple of verses now. So Luke 17, verse 1, then he said to the disciples, It is impossible that no offenses should come, but woe to him through whom they do come. Two, it would be better for him if a millstone were hung around his neck and he were thrown into the sea than that he should offend one of these little ones. Three, take heed to yourselves. If your brother sins against you, rebuke him. And if he repents, forgive him. Four, and if he sins against you seven times in a day and seven times in a day return to you saying, I repent, you shall forgive him. See, don't, don't stop there. Oh, you want me to keep no, going? No, keep going. Keep okay. going. Five. And the apostles said to the Lord, increase our faith. Six. So the Lord said, if you have faith 
as a mustard seed, you can say to this mulberry tree, be pulled up by the roots and be planted in the sea, and it would obey you. Seven, which that's that's okay. that's enough. Just six. All right. And, and and I know you have a commentary to give on what you just read, but mm-hmm. I want to bring this to the attention of the listeners that those disciples were saying to him, "Wait a minute! I can understand if somebody sins against me once and come to me and say I'm sorry and I won't do it again because that's what repentance really means. Mm-hmm. But now for him to do it seven times, you're going to have to give me more faith because if somebody does it seven times against me." I got a problem with that. It's going to take some more faith for me to be able to forgive an individual who comes to me and does it to me seven times. That's why they say increase our faith because it's going to take a whole lot of faith for me not to act or react. Amen. And and, and you you go ahead. But those little ones, the new ones if you will, could be new in their faith to Christ. They could be new in walking in their recovery. Amen. So you, we have to be careful because they are the most vulnerable. You know and what we, they say and, in the and rooms? We, and we shouldn't cause them to stumble. You know, see, that's the whole thing. There is something that you are being held accountable for that the universe is watching. So I appreciate my faith, Pastor, because it keeps me accountable, not just to my brethren, but to my Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ. You know, to the Holy Spirit, to God Almighty, I have to give an account for what I do. Minister Nina, in the 12-step rooms of recovery, mm-hmm. they make a statement that the newcomer is the most important, important person, person in, in the, the room. room. So you just mm-hmm. pretty much not just verified that, but solidified it with the passage you read and then your commentary on it. I wanted to do this. I wanted to read a portion from uh, my book, Chapter 1, The Problem. That's that's the chapter that we're dealing with. Uh, chapter 1 is the problem. And the nature of the condition. I wanted to read a portion uh, from page 2, and it is under the, nat- the nature of the condition. And here's what it says. Destructive behavior is an indication that a person has a heart condition. This condition is not only psychological or physiological, but it is spiritual in nature as well. Listen to the various portrayals of the virulent heart and see if any of these are familiar. Do not eat the bread of a miser, nor desire his delicacies, for as he thinks... In his heart, so is he. Eat and drink, he says to you, but his heart is not with you. Yet they did not obey or incline their ear, but followed the counsels and the dictates of their evil hearts, and went backward and not forward. The heart is deceitful above all things, and desperately wicked who can know it. Do not incline my heart to any evil thing to practice wicked works with men who work iniquity, and do not let me eat of their delicacies. There is sufficient evidence biblically to determine the nature and source 
of destructive or evil behavior. Jesus said to the scribes and the Pharisees, Brood of vipers, how can you, being evil, speak good things? For out of the abundance of the heart, the mouth speaks. Now, I gave, actually, I was reading, but there were several passages. The first one was Proverbs 23, 6 and 7. The second one was Jeremiah 7, 24. Uh, Then Jeremiah 17 and 9. Then Psalms 141 and 4. And then Matthew 12 and 34. And the reason that I read that is because when people are controlled by substances or behaviors linked to addiction, they'll say and do things possibly that they never would have done or never has done before. But whatever they're being driven by, it contaminates the heart because we need to understand, regardless of whether you're dealing with alcohol, drugs, pornography, or some other illicit type of behavior or practice, it's a spirit. It's a spirit. And it's going to impact the heart of the person. We're talking about the very character, the principles. All of that is thrown away because of the addiction of a person. And I kind of wanted to make a scripture reference but I want you to go ahead because I know it was something that you were going to uh, share with the listening audience. But what I wanted to do is give an example of how we can get caught up in a condition and become comfortable with it. Amen. Go ahead. Well, the, the thing is, um, for the listeners who are just joining us, we're talking about biblical approaches to um, addiction, treatment, and recovery. So... Getting back to what we had initially read in Luke when we did the first uh, six verses out of chapter 17, the commentary said this, and it was pretty enlightening. It says that while Christians must guard against physical abuse, they also must be aware of the work against the mental and spiritual corruption that you find with people who want to help you. You know, like groups, self-help, things of that nature. And the little ones can be the new disciples or the people, as we talked about, just coming in. And it says it would leave new Christians theologically vulnerable. Makes the follow-through care of recent converts and new members a high priority of your church. So when you talked about the sponsee and the sponsor relationship, I just wanted to ask you how important is that when that relationship first happens? Well, I can answer, but I'm going to give Rico an opportunity to respond to that because he's probably got some valuable information for individuals out there listening who may be in a similar position to what you are referring to when you're talking about those who are in position and then those who come in and they're new and they're vulnerable and don't really know what should happen, don't know what's going on, don't know how to move forward in seeking help and then being you know, solidified in the program and understanding how it works. Uh, I remember when I met 
Rico, he approached me and he said, look, he says, I'm coming up on six months. He says, I've never been able to make it past a year. And I need somebody to sponsor me, but everybody that I come in contact with, uh, they are trying to expose me to or introduce me to some type of religion or this higher power that has nothing to do with the Christ of the Bible. It has nothing to do with scripture and pretty much what they are asking me to do would would be heresy and it would be idolatry because they're praying to other gods and man at this point I, I'm I'm lost for what to do because I can't find anybody who is scripturally sound and who believes what I believe and I believe the Bible. A- am I close? At that time I was praying for a Christian sponsor when he showed up. Praise the Lord. I'm Amen. telling you, to tears. I was praying to tears. Father God, in the name of Jesus, will you please send me a Christian sponsor? I was coming up about six months clean when I met this man. True story. Go ahead, Pastor. Keep going. So what were you getting uh, in place of that or what had been coming well, before? I kept finding sponsors. If you don't sponsors, mind me asking. Well, because all these sponsors, I don't want to offend anybody in the rooms, but you know, everybody's got their own higher power. So when it comes time to pray... We want to hold hands and pray. Well, who are you praying to? I'm praying to Jesus. The second step says, we came to believe that a power greater than ourselves could restore us to sanity. Second step. I got to be more specific. I had to be very specific on who that higher power is. Right. You see, I, I got to know, who who is it restoring me to sanity? The third step says, we made a decision to turn our will and our life over to the care of God. As we understand him. I got to be specific there too. So just saying higher power, that's not enough for me. Well, can we also... Uh, to me, Jesus is God. Now i got a direct relationship with him. I could talk to him 24-7. Mm-hmm. So I'm straight right there. And, so I, I, and I knew I was straight. But I need somebody, Father God, in the name of Jesus, please bless me with a Christian sponsor. Somebody that knows that Jesus is God. And that's where I was. And that's when he showed up. True story. Well, the thing is, is that you said the second step. Will you repeat that again? And when we say the second step, can you tell uh, the listeners what the second step is the second step of what? The second step says we came to believe that a power greater than ourselves could restore us to sanity. But that would be the second step of the 12th step. Yeah, I'm sorry. That's so right. I, I want people step. to, right, to right, right. understand okay, what right. that is. And see, the, thing the first is, step is we admit we were powerless over whatever it is. For me, it was everything, and my life has become unmanageable. Because, okay. Because I was powerless over everything, okay. not just drugs and alcohol, sex addiction, gambling, the whole nine. Right. All across the board, I was a mess. Okay. The second step, we came to believe a power greater than ourselves restores to sanity. I mean, I'm there right now. I'm not saying I'm cured, but I'm able to think straight now, make smart decisions, sound decisions. I'm in my right mind right now. You see what I mean? But, but and I, I owe that to God. Amen. But you identified who the God was. Yes, ma'am. See, that's important. But to when me, you, that was. Is. Is. Yeah, is. Amen. Yeah. To me, it's important. But at that you know? particular point when he... Was right. was praying. Right. He was identifying that, oh, but you're yes. absolutely right. Right. He 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 was and is and forevermore be. Amen. So the thing is that when you said something about God and not identifying who God is, well, Satan is a god. <laughs> That's right. The god of this okay? world. Yeah. Right. But he's the in author, a lowercase g. But, but he's right. an author and the father mm-hmm. of lies. He comes mm-hmm. to steal, kill, and destroy. So if you're not specific. Mm-hmm. And not in a relationship, then you're praying to any God that will show up. 
And, and so the thing is, is that praying for sanity, his thing is about insanity. See, insanity is a form of sanity. <laughs> it's just not functional. And if he's the, the, the author and the father of lies, he's what? About confusion. So I appreciate you wanting that to be identified, Brother Rico. And once again, I'm just speaking for me in my recovery and my program and my relationship. And it's working for me because I got nine years sober as of today. You know what I mean? Amen. You got to do what works for you. This is what works for me. Amen. And being very specific Amen. in who God is for well, me. He, he's know. an intentional God, so you yeah. have to be specific. Yeah, I now, can't take any chances, Sister Nina, of going backwards. I you receive see? that. Now, here's the thing. that We have individuals who draw conclusions about thank you brother rico oh, yes, about a higher power and what the aa book says concerning one choosing a power that is acceptable to them or a a, a power of their own choosing and there's a, some confusion about it because they have um, material that they read before each meeting is underway. And they talk about uh, each person having the right to choose what they want as their higher power. That's not what Bill W., who was instrumental in writing the AA book? I see where you go. Was stating, and I and I can tell you now that the book was written for one sole purpose. And I'm reading from uh, the third edition of the AA book, and I'm on page 45. It's in the chapter four, we agnostics, and I'm on uh, page 45. And the the first paragraph reads, lack of power, that was our dilemma. We had to find a power by which we could live. And it had to be a power, and now power is now capitalized, greater than ourselves, obviously. But where and how were we to find this power? Once again, the word power is capitalized. Well... That's exactly what this big, what this book is about. Now, now listen. It says, "Well, that is exactly what this book is about. Its main object is to enable you to find a power again, capitalized, greater than yourself, which will solve your problem. That means we have written a book which we believe to be spiritual as well as moral." Sounds like he's talking about the Bible. Mm -hmm. And it means, of course, that we are going to talk about God. Is that a big G-O-D? Big G. Amen. Okay, now, there's a couple of words. We, well, we know the, the word theos, mm -hmm. and he spelled it G-O-D, mm -hmm. no preference he, it wasn't anything added to it or taken away from it. So we can only arrive at the conclusion that he's talking about the God of Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob. Amen. Or Jehovah, or Yahweh. Amen. Depending on where you're coming from. You know, if you're looking at it from a, a Hebrew perspective, 
you know, Yahweh, okay? Um, uh, if you're looking f- uh, at it from a, a Christian perspective, you could say Jehovah, okay? But we know that uh, prior to certain events in the Bible and, and uh, dispensations that it was Jehovah and then uh, the, the God of the people became Yahweh, amen? Amen. So... Um, it says, I'm going to go on reading, here difficulty arises with agnostics. Many times we talk to a new man and watch his hope rise as we discuss his alcohol, alcoholic problems and explain our fellowship, but his face falls when we speak of spiritual matters, especially when we mention God. For we have reopened a subject which our man thought he had neatly evaded or entirely ignored. We know that there's no mistake about who Bill W. is talking about. And if anybody is questioning that, then I've got something else to add on page 25. Listen to this in the middle of the page. It's, here's how it reads. We have found much of heaven. And we have been rocketed into a fourth dimension of extension of which we had not even dreamed. The great fact is just this, and nothing less, that we have had deep and effective spiritual experiences which have revolutionized our whole attitude toward life, toward our fellows, and toward God's universe. The central fact of our lives today is the absolute certainty that our Creator, with a capital C, with a capital C, and I'm going to give the uh, the Greek interpretation for this word and a passage of scripture which you can you can go to and read. But it says the central fact of our lives today is the absolute certainty that our Creator has entered into our hearts. That's talking about soterology, or the Greek word for the day, soteria, or or soter. Salvation. Salvation, okay. Mm -hmm. And lives in a way in which is indeed miraculous, using, this is what we call coded messages, okay. Mm -hmm. He has commenced... To accomplish those things for us which we could never do by ourselves. This is not choosing a doorknob or some inanimate object. This is talking about the God we know, God the Father, God the Son, and God the Holy Ghost, the Holy Spirit, whichever one you want to use. And and the reason I say that, because when you go to the Greek and you and you look the word creator up, especially uh, I have a reference for you, Romans 1 and 25. Uh, the word here is katizo, okay? And what that deals with is a um, manufacturer, okay? This is a, the proprietor or the manufacturer, okay? Amen. A- and so this right here even makes it clearer. And if that's not enough, and Rick, I know you just dying to get in here. This is going to take a second. Okay. But on page 11 in Bill's story, he says, to Christ. Now, you don't hear this stuff. That's what I want to you don't you. hear this stuff in the rooms. No, to Christ, I conceded the certainty of a great man not too closely followed by those who claim him. He's saying, look, there's a whole lot of folks who who's using the, the name dropping, but they're not following but him. But him was capital H. Yeah. 
See, yeah. I, so I want you to know. Right, tw- right. Tw- twice right. in the same Establishing sentence. Establishing a deity and divinity, okay? In the same sentence. And now we could, look, we could go like this all day long. See, the people, and we're talking about people been involved in, 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 the 12-step recovery in the big book for 20, 30 years. They don't have a clue. Because if you haven't been to school, you haven't studied language, they didn't understand that this man was using messianic overtones. He was using coded messages of theology. Because the man had taken some time once he joined the Oxford Club. And when he joined it, and that was a Christian, actually, organization in Europe. On the day he joined it, he went down to the altar and received Jesus Christ. So that means he was a believer. And, and I have the link in my book. I said he was a believer. He was a believer. If people would buy my book, they could get the link where they could get the information, where they could get direct information on where that occurred and 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 when it occurred. So, uh, Brother Rico, I want to read one passage of Scripture, then we got it, okay? So, Ro- you're not going to forget. Holy Spirit, help Brother Rico. Romans one twenty five. Who exchanged the truth of God for the lie and worshiped and served the creature rather than the creator? Who is blessed forever? Amen. And the word creator there and and, and what you just read is what generally happens in those rooms. And now Rico, come on. Well, I have a lot of friends in recovery, uh, a lot of friends with a lot more recovery than me. What does that mean years. when you say? Okay, well, I mean a lot more years. I have a lot of friends that have 25 years, 20 so, years, So that blah, means blah, 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 clean time? Clean and sober time. Where they haven't used a, a drug or yes. a substance. Is that what we're talking about? Yes, and CA, you know, sticks to celebrate at 25 and So years, CA would be cocaine anonymous? Yes, C-A-N-A-A-A. So N-A means? Is narcotics anonymous. We have to make sure that the listeners okay. And alcoholics anonymous, then you got uh, Narconon or Al-Anon, right. you know. We talked to some people last Yesterday we helped people. We get that Dale, minute. Dale, and his yeah. and his wife. Yeah. Anyways, I have a lot of friends. You know, that have a lot of recovery time, sober time. How do you how do you want to put that? Even Philadelphia and North Carolina. I was in the East Coast last year. Good friends, friends that I love very much. When I go to this part of the big book, big book with them, the big book of alcoholics and I'm, I didn't write it. I'm just reading stuff that I read. Yeah. There's a lot of guys. They don't want to hear it. They don't want to hear that. Okay, that's fine. That's fine. You're clean. You're sober. You got all these years, whatever works for you, that's a beautiful thing. You know what I mean? For me, that's beautiful. But how do you explain the 11th step? The 11th step of the 12-step program says we sought through prayer and meditation to improve our conscious contact with God. Praying only for knowledge, his knowledge and the power to carry that out. You see what I mean? That's part of the 12 steps. So the part that he just read that people don't want to hear, how do you work your 11th step? You don't. Once again, we sought through prayer and meditation to improve our conscious contact with God. That's one of the 12 steps. That's the, the 11. 12 steps are designed yeah. to get you to God. That's it. Period. I mean, it's, I mean, for me. And it's not any God. I, yeah. I mean, so it's really he makes specific. It clear. He because makes it, it clear. is specific, Sister Nina. It's specific. But a lot of people, and this is the reason I don't go to a lot of meetings anymore. I stay real close to my Bible. Okay? Because in the rooms, they don't want to hear this stuff. And once again, well, I got to be specific. You're never going to hear me say, I don't say higher power in the rooms. Well, to be fair, Brother Rico, Pastor Terry, there are Christian 12-step programs. I know. I was in Celebrate Recovery for four years. Couldn't to, stay to, clean, and I couldn't stay clean in there. To be, to be fair, well, I, that's, that's not the fault of the program. So, so the thing is, is that we're going to take accountability and we're just going to let 
people know about not being deceived, not mm-hmm. being fooled. Because if you're trying to do it separate and apart from your creator, it's going to be a problem. Well, it seems to work for some people. It just doesn't work for me, you know. Let me let me point out something. Let me point out something here. I'm in John, the Gospel according to St. John, chapter 5. Yesterday, a young lady, we met a young lady. She was asking for my information because she wanted to get one of the books, but more than anything, she wanted to help her father and her brother, who she say are addicts. So, Rico made a statement. He made a, a comment in our interaction with her. What was that comment you made? Well, because, you know, people people look to other people. He's like, can you save our son? Can you save my daughter? People ask me that, Rico. Can you save? No. No. There, there's nothing you could even do. And, you know, people, you know, I don't understand what my father does this, my brother does this, family. I have family members that are doing what they do in addiction or whatever. This, this is the truth. The, the, the recovery, 12 steps of recovery are not for people who need it. They're for people who want it. And you got to be, and there's a big difference between needing it and wanting it. And you got to be willing to go through any lengths to want to stay sober. Getting sober and staying sober, two completely different things. I'm, I'm willing to go to any lengths to stay sober. I don't care whose feelings I hurt. Family members, whatever. No, I'm not going there with you, period, because I, I, I'm not safe there or whatever. You got to be willing to go to any lengths to stay sober. If you want it really, really, you got to want it really, really bad to, to get it. So that's what I told that lady yesterday, you know, you know, for her son, if she's listening right now, God bless him, and he's going to be fine. It's, the program's not for people who need it. It's for people who want it. Amen. And that's the truth. And, and I'm going to use a scripture reference here to... Uh, support that. I think you got a caller. And, uh... Oh, okay. Uh, we'll take the caller right now. I apologize, Zachary. I was looking at uh, Pastor Terry and reading the word and Brother Rico. Please forgive me, caller. You're on Save the Lost at All Costs. God bless you. Hey, Sloan, it's a blessing to hear you guys speak what you're speaking, especially what Brother Rico just said, because that's why I'm calling in. Hey, Sister Dorothy, how are you, woman of God? I'm greatly blessed, highly favored, and deeply loved. Still rains on this beautiful Sunday. Amen. Amen. So Amen. wonderful to hear your voice. Nice and thank to hear you. Pastor Pastor Terry and Brother Rico. And Bless I you, my sister. Bless you. Amen. <laughs> well, thank you. <laughs> but the good thing is, is that um, Rico just made a reference in regards to um, the the twelve steps and those that want it. What I was calling in before he said that's exactly what I was calling in about because the Messiah gave um, a parable. He says about the seed being sown on good ground. Amen. Uh, rocky ground and thorny ground. Right, right. Which is the word, and Rico keeps pointing to the word. Yeah, and absolutely. I thought, That's right. If you don't want to be healed or delivered, you won't. Amen. And then, and then, the, and then, in the in the old covenant says that I think it's in Malachi says he has shown you, or Isaiah, one of the prophets, he has shown you, O man, what is good and what does Yah require of you, but to do good and to love justice and to walk humbly before Him. So Amen. Rico has the right focus and focusing on the word. Because it's the word. He said he sent his word to heal us. Amen. If any man be in Messiah, he's a new creature. Amen. Amen. Stay encouraged, brothers, and I'm just, my mother, we're, we're sitting listening, and I was Oh, with her. give Mother Ann our love. God bless you, Mother Ann. Amen. Amen. All right. Yeah, we love so you, just, Sister just Dorothy. Stay encouraged. Thank you, Sister Dorothy. You're, you're, well, thank you. Right on the hammer. One Amen. day time. Thank you. Remember, you said it. My mother's here, and I just told her exactly the same <laughs> things you're talking about concerning some of our family members. Well, praise yeah. God. Everybody, it's the spirit behind it. It's not mm. the person. It's the spirit. Amen. Yeah. Amen. Well, that's Amen. wonderful. The principalities. Yeah, well, I got my yeah, eyes on these guys like they're watching oh, yeah. me. We got accountability right. going. We love you. 
We love you too. Amen. All right. Take care. Bye bye. So, Pastor, you were in, John. God bless Sister yes. Dorothy, and we love her, her. Yeah. you know, so powerful. unconditionally. We love her. Thank you, sis. Powerful, powerful commentary there. Mm. Amen. So we're yes, in John chapter 5. the gospel according to St. John chapter 5, and I'm going be, to begin at uh, the fifth verse. Mm-hmm. Okay, and so here's how it reads. Sir, now, and I'm reading from the New King James Version for anybody who has another version out there. Hopefully you can follow along. Now a certain man was there who had an infirmity 38 years. Now we're talking about at the Pool of Bethesda, mm-hmm. amen, where sick people would gather. And often, and, and one commentator said that this had to be a place where people were left. In other words, they were dumped. And, you know, left to fend for themselves. I, I physically have saw the pool, and there's a place where you could you find went. Yes, people, You went. Saw, saw, people oh, had yeah. given up on them. And I remember when I was in my addiction, there were some people who had given up on me. Uh, I knew some that was buying insurance policies on me because they thought they were going to be able to cash in real soon. And God <laughs> God had another plan. But anyway, so. Uh, well, hopefully they got their money back. <laughs> Yeah, well, I know at least one that did, that cashed in their policies and then asked me if I wanted any of it to to sign. And I said, no, that's all right. You can have it all. But, yes, it says, now, a certain man was was there. That's a good investment, Rico. Yeah, who had an infirmity 38 years. And now it says an infirmity. So a lot of times people confuse it and say that this is a cripple, but not necessarily uh, because it don't really state specifically. Verse 6 says. Is that just a metaphor? well, no, we, we're gonna okay, we, right. we're gonna give some verse. Verse six evidence. says, "When Jesus saw him lying there, and knew that he already had been in that condition a long time, he said to him, Do you want? You said you got it, it's for people who want it, not Come need on. it. Do you want to be made well?' And we know in the King James version, it says, "Do you want to be made whole?'" Amen signifying that the person wasn't complete, okay? And uh, now we're looking at both physical and spiritual aspects because Mm -hmm. earlier when I was reading in the book, I was talking about the uh, uh, psychological, the physiological, and then the spiritual, amen? Verse 7 says, The sick man answered him, Sir, I have no man to put me into the pool when the water is stirred up. But while I am coming, another steps down before me. Often what we're doing is looking for somebody else to fix us. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Jesus asked him, do you want to get well? He started giving him all the reasons why he couldn't. Mm-hmm. Amen. Sometimes we can get comfortable in a condition and be willing to stay in it rather than doing what's necessary to come out of it. Amen. And that's, that's what real, I see that's, here. That's real, that's real I see that. Because look at what uh, verse 8. Jesus said to him, rise, take up your bed and walk. Jesus gave him a command and it really wasn't based on the man's desire so much as it was based on the grace of God. Mm. Because the man didn't say, I want to get well. Right. I want to get up from here. Also, I think it's very important if we drop down to the 14th verse. Let's go. Uh, We're still in John chapter 5. Brother Rico, you had asked a question. I'm going to give you the insight here. And again, in in verse 14. 
verse 14 is very clear. It okay. says, after Jesus found him in the temple, and he said to him, See you have been made well. Sin no more, lest a worse thing come upon you. Amen. See, so we can take the word sober out yeah, and, they, and put yeah. the word sin in. Mm. See, yeah. so the thing is, is that we have to agree with God. That he's who he says he is and he can do what he says he's going to do. It's no excuses with him. You have to be honest. Yeah. And you can't look for people to be your interpreter. See, the veil's been ripped, Pastor. Amen. So I don't need the sponsor to go before God before me if I want to be healed. That's right. I don't you better need, go. I don't need a program. You better go. If I want God <laughs> to heal me. Okay? okay? So I'm not saying anything is wrong with the program. I know. But if you want to stop playing with something mm. and you want to be able to have the courage and the strength, you got to recognize that who has defeated death. Because if you don't recognize that, you're going to get what you get. There's two things that I need to point out right here. That's good. It's, it's important. Number one, what you read deals with the issue of relapse. When they go back out, when they come back there in worse shape than they were in the first time, he told him, go and sin no more lest the worst thing come upon you. Now, here's the other one. People need to understand the difference between rehab and recovery. Rehab, you're in a protected environment or a clean environment where you're getting taught principles about being able to survive getting loaded or behaving in an addictive manner so that you can live some type of normalcy. And so once rehab is done, that's when recovery starts. When you don't have anybody telling you what to do and you're making choices for yourself, and the only way I believe you can be successful in doing that is you got to have a guide, and it can't be a man or a woman. It has to be God. And that's why we have to have a real relationship. And furthermore, I can be clean for 50 years and die and go to hell. Okay? So being clean for 50 years didn't do a whole lot for me if I still die and go to hell. You need Jesus. If you're listening to this and you re in recovery, you need to make sure that you have your relationship right with God. And there's only way to, one way to do that. Jesus says, I am the way, the truth, and the life. No one comes to the Father but by me or through me. John 14 and 6. You need to get your salvation in place. And know not only do you have sobriety, but you have eternal life. Come on. Amen. Because if, if, if that's it, then you just have clean time. That's right. And you're going to die with clean time. Yeah. And that's it. But guess what? The soul is a living soul. Amen. So after this assignment, there's another assignment. Uh, absolutely. Would you agree with me? There, there, there's, there's two places to choose from. You're going to spend eternity in one of them. <laughs> okay. Now, do they talk about that in the no, room? No, 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 no. Not oh. No, that's, like that's the reason why you have these yeah. uh, Christian programs, but even in the so-called Christian programs, and I had something in my book about those who call themselves Christian counselors and those who are coming in the guise of a Christian, and that's why the people need to get the book.
Okay, because just because somebody say I'm a Christian, if they're not practicing biblical principles, you still in trouble. It's that simple. Well, the, the thing is, is that when the Lord Jesus Christ delivers us, he delivers us from the desire to want to sin. See, it's it's not enough that you stop drinking and you still uh, cheating on your taxes or, you know, beating up folks or robbing folks. Cussing out folks, you know, what is that? There's a difference so, 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 in a sincere so, confession and just a verbal confession. You know, so we have to, we have to understand that it's a whole new way of life. It's a lifestyle. So, you know, Brother Rico, when you came to decide that this is what I really wanted to do and you wanted to follow Christ, he showed you what your life always was supposed to be. Amen. You know, just because we make choices to take detours, we cannot beat up God for that. We have to accept what we have done and to accept responsibility. And it's through his grace and mercy that we're able to even endure it. That's right. You know, David didn't get away with what he did to Uriah and Bathsheba. That's right. God said, I'm not going to kill you, but the sword will always be in your house. But he was still the king. He didn't take his kingship from him. He didn't stop loving him. But the thing is, is that, you know, there's a rebuke. There's a correction in love. The Bible said he was a man after God's own heart. Mm-hmm. Amen. So it, the thing is, you are who you are. But we cannot look for people, places, and things to replace God. Amen. That's a problem. It's not going to work. People do it, but it shouldn't be done. Right. Not if you want to be in right standing with God and you want to be in a right relationship with God. So if you want to be righteous. We're coming down to the last minute, man of God. What can you say about biblical uh, principles as far as the approach that we have in uh, drug treatment and recovery? What I know is whatever you may be going through, if you're listening to this broadcast, the first thing you need to do is receive Jesus Christ and make sure that you're in right standing that's what righteousness means. In right standing with God, you're mm-hmm. set apart, okay, uh, holy, sanctified, whatever word you want to use. The word is hagios. You want to be in right standing with God. Make sure you have your salvation secure with him and then trust him with everything else in your life. Amen. Well, we love you, Pastor. We'll be back next week to talk more about recovery. As we say here, save the loss at all costs. And God bless. Goodbye. Man, that time went quick. It is our humble prayer that the Most High God of all creation and our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ, continues to bless you and yours without cease for tuning in today and supporting this great move of God with your generous donations. Save the Lost at All Costs is a Holy Spirit-filled, live called-in weekly radio ministry that has been airing since 2005 and serving in the greater Las Vegas community. We can be heard every Sunday at 3.02 p.m. Pacific Standard Time on Las Vegas. Vegas' very own Christian Talk radio stations, 1060 AM and 100.1 FM. Also, you can listen to KKVV Christian Talk Radio anytime via your cell phone. Please dial 605-313-0630. Again, that number is 605-313-0630. That number only works in the United States. Also, we are audio and video streamed in real time during our live broadcast at www.kkvv.com and 
our website, www.savethelostlv.org. If you would like to re-listen to a previous broadcast at no charge, make an online secure donation, or learn more about our ministry, please visit our website at www.savethelostlv.org. If you prefer, you can mail in a donation. Address it to Save the Lost at All Cost, Inc., P.O. Box number 335852, North Las Vegas, 89033. Again, our P.O. Box number is 335852, North Las Vegas, 89033. All donations made to Save the Lost at All Cost, Inc. are 100% tax deductible. For more information, please feel free to call or text us at 702-219-6882. Again, 702-219-6882. We would like to thank you again. Remember to remain in Christ, stay prayed up, tune in, and don't forget to save the lost at all costs, no matter what.